Hello, everybody. Welcome to the East to West Weight Loss Surgery podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April, and I'm the West. And I'm Jason, and I'm the East. Today, we are so excited to be welcoming Ashley to the podcast. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you guys for having me. We are so excited uh, to, to talk with you. You are such a big influence in, in the bariatric community. Uh, we know that you have had a different bariatric uh, procedure than what Jason and I had. And we are just, yeah, we are so excited to, to connect with you and learn your story and just deep dive into, into some meaningful things uh, within the bari bariatric community. Uh, so if you guys are new to, to us or new to listening, new to watching, Jason and I had a procedure called a vertical sleeve gastrectomy or VSG. Jason and I are both uh, down more than 100 pounds since, since our procedure. Uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, but Jason and I found that the support that he and I received after surgery was not stellar. Our medical staff, our nurses, our surgeons, our doctors, you know, the, the nutrition, all that stuff before surgery was wonderful. And our care after surgery was excellent. But uh, very quickly, Jason and I realized that the, the hardest work of undergoing bar bariatric surgery really has to do with, with the emotional side of things, getting right with our brain. Surgery doesn't fix our brain. It, it gives us a, a physical tool that we can use. Uh, so Jason and I met each other actually at a virtual bariatric meetup. We had some really meaningful and powerful conversations. And he and I decided that we wanted to offer support to this community. We wanted to create the support that, that we wish uh, that we had. So that was kind of how East to West started. Uh, of course, you are maybe listening to this on your favorite podcast player, uh, but if listening is not actually your favorite way to learn and grow, we encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. We actually record our podcast in Zoom, and then we upload the video to East to West underscore WS on YouTube. And if you're watching, you can see we're all adorbs. So you definitely want to check us out there as well. And if any of you guys know me now, I use my hands all the time. I'm like a ninja in these things. So uh, yeah, if you would like to, to watch us, then I uh, absolutely recommend that you check us out there. You can like and subscribe, see all of the videos. And there's even some past recordings of our virtual bariatric meetups. And there are some gold nuggets of information uh, in, those, in those recordings. So, so definitely check it out. Okay, so today's topic before we really deep dive is really all about Ashley, getting to know her, her story, her journey. We're excited to compare and contrast our different procedures. And then we're also gonna kind of ask uh, a difficult question about how we all made the commitment to have bariatric surgery, knowing that the risk was death. We recently lost a very active member of the bariatric community. And I think we've all, uh, taken a moment of pause to really reflect on just how serious uh, bariatric surgery is and, and really reconnecting with our why. Why did, why did we make the decision to go forth and have this procedure knowing that we were risking, you know, risking our lives in the process? So, uh, so, so we're really gonna, gonna deep dive into that. And Jason, how, how did we meet Ashley? I followed Ashley uh, pretty early on in her in her journey and realized that she would be a perfect candidate for our shout out Sunday that we do on our Instagram page for people that uh, like and follow us that have had success in their journey as well. We reach out to people just to celebrate. There's no, you know, we didn't pay her to be featured. There was no any, any, we didn't ask her to pay us. Like it was no. no marketing scheme. Like I just reached out because honestly, she, she had a, a pretty lengthy pre-op process and she was really killing it 
just even pre-op, the small changes that she was making and the liquid diet and things that she was going through, like she had lost a, a pretty significant amount of weight just in that alone. So, you know, when I reached out to her and she was letting me know, you know, well, you know, just so you know, I'm still pre-op and I'm like, but you're still killing it. So we still want to feature you because just because you haven't been through the surgery yet doesn't mean that we can't, you know, focus on some pre-op people as well. And, you know, once you've had the surgery and you go through that, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that, you know, after the fact and you'll be featured again after you're killing it after the surgery. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. it was really great to, to see the progress and feature her early on. So, you know, she could get kind of get a little taste and show people, you know, other people that are aspiring to be the same way, you know, just exactly how to do it. Yep. And I think it's important to note too, if, if you're listening or you're watching this and you have not yet had surgery, you are a part of the bariatric community. As soon as your brain makes that switch to, this might be something that I'm going to do. You should ingrain yourself in the bariatric community because there is so many resources. There are so there's support. I mean, up the yin yang. The the most closest people who are on my journey I met through Instagram. Instagram, like social media, actually did what it was like intended to do, which is connect people and help us build meaningful relationships that can aid in whatever we're, we're endeavoring to do. Uh, so yeah, so as, as soon as you know that this might be something I want to do, you you have come, you have come to the right place. So okay, are you guys ready to dive in? Yes, ma'am. All let's right, do let's do it. Okay, so Ashley, please introduce yourself to to our listeners and our and our followers. How did you get here today? Well, my name's Ashley. I'm 28. Um, I have two kids. Um, and how did I end up deciding to have bariatric surgery? Well, um, in 2018, I was nearing the end of my pregnancy with my daughter, and I was over 300 pounds at the time when I was admitted to give birth. So um, I had my daughter five weeks early because I had severe preeclampsia. My blood pressure was through the roof. And after I gave birth, I was like, that's it. That's the deciding factor is I want to be healthy for both my kids and maybe future kids. So I made the decision that it was time to look into bariatric surgery just three months after I had her. Wow. That's a, I mean, I, I've never had children before. Uh, I can't imagine though, going through all the physical changes that pregnancy brings and then right basically at the same moment making the decision like okay I have to do something else major and drastic now to 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 live a healthy life wow well because five weeks early is pretty early as far I mean that's 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 preemie that's preemie territory isn't it yeah she was only four pounds nine ounces and spent 11 days in the NICU oh my gosh that is terrifying and that and, you know, at the time I was blaming myself for it because of my size and not taking care of myself. And I ate whatever I wanted throughout my pregnancy because I was like, I'm eating for two. Well, I ate for two my entire life. So, <laughs> so it didn't really help me any. <laughs> my, the, one of the, one of our favorite lines in our family is, so how's that working out for you? Yeah. It's not. It did. <laughs> Nope. Well, and, and that's a pretty heavy, that's a pretty heavy burden to, to, to take on, especially directly after giving birth, 
knowing that postpartum depression and things like that exist in, at such a high rate anyway, and to have to carry something like that on your shoulders, blaming yourself for, you know, the complications that your daughter had right after birth, I, I can't imagine, you know, you dealing with that kind of load. Oh, it was definitely hard because I definitely suffer from postpartum um, as well as regular depression and I have bipolar disorder. So it has been, it's been a long road. Wow. It has been a long road. So when you, when you think back to your whole life experience, Jason, I were actually j just talking about that. What, what do you think led to, to, to your highway? So uh, and I asked you this earlier, but will you share, will you share with people what, what was your highest weight? What was your weight before you went in for your procedure? And what, what do you weigh now? Okay. Well, um, my highest weight was 348 pounds at five foot three inches tall. Um, my surgery weight, you ready for it? 240 pounds. I Whoa. lost eight pounds pre-op. Wow. Okay. Mind blowing. What did you do? I mean, I'm assuming you just followed your doctor's orders, but how long were you in your pre-op stage? Um, a little bit over a year. Whoa. I started January 2019 and I had surgery of October 2020. Whoa. Okay, so I know this question is going to come up, and I know maybe other people are thinking it too. You had great success pre-op, right? You lost 100 pounds. Why did you decide to undergo bariatric surgery after you had already had such great success? So you lost 100 pounds, and then you underwent bariatric surgery to continue to, to lose more weight. Why was that? I was still abusing food, even though I was doing what I was supposed to do. I would have days where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to eat this entire pizza because I've done so well this entire week. I'll just work out an extra hour, extra 30 minutes. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I wanted something that I, I knew that I had a tool. And I know it might be a little controversial, um, especially with RMY. Certain foods have the possibility to make you dump. Yeah. I wanted that security that. I would be too afraid to go back to the foods that I was before. Oh, it's not that... controversial at all because April and I talk about that on a daily, but we just talked about that in the episode we recorded before we jumped on here. It's <laughs> just that way. I mean, that people look for that security blanket in the fact that I know that I'm going to do this, I'm going to have this, you know, safety net so that I won't go back to doing the things that I used to do. And sometimes that works for some people, but that, that's a slippery slope because it also could not work for some people. And that's that's a that's scary territory. So that's, well, that's good that you brought that up. You know, and, and the interesting thing too, is that, you know, anybody who struggles with anything, anybody who uses something to help them feel better, um, you know, there are some tools out there that, that you can use. Drug addicts can use, I don't know if it's Narcan, right? But there, there's a product, um, you know, people, people are addicted to shopping or, or gambling. They can, you know, remove themselves for, from those things. But for people who struggle with food, there is nothing out there besides bariatric surgery. So for us to acknowledge that that's a tool that we can use is so powerful, right? People, people always ask me like, well, how do you deal with people that tell you it's the easy way out? And it's like, okay, 
are you going to give your uncle shit because he takes um, insulin for diabetes? Are you going to give your grandma a bad time that, that she got a, 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 a heart valve replaced? Are you going to give your friend a horrible time because they got their knee replaced? No, because they are accessing the medical tools that are available for them to live their healthy, healthiest life. And bariatric surgery is no different than anything else out there that, that has been medically made available to us. There is no difference, no difference whatsoever. So again, it's one of the reasons that Jason and I started this. It's one of the reasons that we are, are so passionate about this community. We love talking to people like you because it is a tool that we can use to, to, to live our healthiest life. So yeah, bravo, bravo. So yeah, how much- one of the, not to cut you off April, I'm sorry. Nope. I just wanted to piggyback what you said because one of the things that you and I always talk about is asking, you know, people say, you know, who all did you tell before you had surgery? And we find a lot of people are either like, oh, I didn't tell anybody, or I only told a couple people, but I wanted to keep it quiet. And I ended up, look, I told everybody. I told everybody. And people that didn't want to know, I told. People that didn't care, I told. Like, I was telling everybody just because. I was like, and I'm having it. So I'm big. I don't want to be big anymore. And I'm a habit. And I didn't get any flack for it. Luckily, in, in my, I didn't have anybody except my father who was concerned about the procedure and, and whether or not, you know, the survival rate and all that kind of stuff and complications, of course, as a father would be to his, you know, to his son. And it's good that we're talking about the dangers and, and the things that we could, you know, face as patients of bariatric surgery, because April and I were talking about this before we got on here. I was naive in the fact that I told my dad straight, I, you know, I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. I was like, dad, you're thinking about 20 years ago when people routinely, you know, had complications and passed away from the surgery. You know, that was a long time ago. That doesn't really happen anymore. Like they've come, there's been so many medical advancements that these types of things don't happen these days. Like that's not something that I'm really worried about going into the surgery for myself. Now cut to, you know, us losing Christian. And that's something that I just was completely flabbergasted by because in my own naive mind, I didn't think that was a problem anymore. Yeah, it clearly is still a problem. I mean, the, the, the statistic exists because people lose their lives undergoing bariatric procedures. It's just, it's, that's what happens and it is tragic. And I think what makes it so, you know, what, what was hard for me and, and we will, we will definitely talk about this later, but what, what was just so hard for me is thinking like, I know, I know how, how bright and fulfilling my life is now after weight loss surgery. And it's so hard for me to know that he could have experienced the, the, the same thing and, and to know that he risked it all to, to, to live the life that I'm living now. And it just makes me so thankful that, you know, I, I, I'm still here and, and I can experience this life. And it's, it just makes me so sad to know that, that he, you know, he doesn't get that opportunity. His family doesn't get that opportunity, but I also have to reflect and know that the reason I did it is because it was a death sentence for me if I didn't have bariatric surgery. Right. So even though the risk was, I could lose my life, I was going to lose my life anyways, if, if I had not, not had the procedure. So yeah. Okay. A lot, lot, lots to talk about there. Uh, I do want to ask you, Ashley, what, what has been the biggest change that you have seen in your life after, after your, your procedure? What, what, what has just really shifted for you? My mindset. 
I've had to wrap my mind around all the new things that come with bariatric surgery, especially hydration, getting your water in, because I've been struggling with that the last few days. Hate to admit it, but I haven't made my goal. (laughs) So... Hey, we, we all struggle with that. Well, and it's so odd too, because before surgery, it, it's not even something you think about, right? Like hydrate, like I, I can remember I could just drink, you know, 20 ounces at a time and it was no big deal. Well, after surgery, no matter what type of procedure you had done, your capacity is drastically reduced. And you literally are living with, with some type of water delivery system uh, constant by, by your side constantly because you're always sipping. And it's just a, it's a physical change and it's a, it's a mental change that we have to make. But if we want to find success, it's the, the little things that, that now have to live at the forefront of our mind if, if we want, you know, if we want to be successful. What, yeah, just, what, what else has shifted for you in terms of, of your mindset? Um, to be honest, I've been struggling a little bit lately as far as mindset. Um, I've definitely had the normal, what have I done? Oh my God, why did I do this? Um, some days are definitely easier than others. Um, the good days are great and the bad days are not so great. <laughs> um, but um, I've definitely, as far as drinking, it's all mental for me. It's not about how much I can hold. It's I'm tired of doing it. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. Yes. It gets very monotonous, very monotonous. And when you're already struggling, when you're already having those thoughts of, oh my gosh, what did I do? Why did I do this? Right. And especially I think for, for you, you had such great success in your pre-op, right? I I know for me, I, I thought to myself right after surgery, it was like, well, I just should have eaten this little before. Like what, what was my, what was my problem? Like I, I should have just, you know, lived off protein shakes. But what was different for me, and I think what's different for a lot of bariatric people, is that before surgery, that thought never, never can break through your rational brain because your your reliance on food and your your addiction, that voice is so loud that you cannot hear your rational brain speak. So there's no way that that you could have that I could have lived the way that I live now and eat what I eat now uh, before surgery w- without the tool. It just it it, it it wasn't a possibility. It absolutely was not a possibility. So when, when you were, when you were doing your research about weight loss surgery, how did you decide on R and Y? So maybe, so, so tell us what is R and Y? What, what did you have done? Uh, and, and why did you, why did you make the decision to have that specific procedure? Cause there's lots of different types of bariatric surgery. There's VSG, there's lap band, uh, there's R and Y, duodenal switch, right? So, so yeah. How did you make the decision? Okay, well, first I'm gonna, I got a little blurb popped up here on my phone. This is exactly what my surgery center said that the gastric bypass was. Okay, and it says, considered the golden standard, it entails the surgical downsizing of one's stomach. The stomach is divided at the top to create a small pouch. The small intestine is rerouted so the newly formed pouch empties directly into the lower portion of the intestine. The remaining or bypass stomach along with its short segment of intestine is reattached further down, creating the Y-shape that gives the technique its name. Smaller portions of malabsorption lead to weight loss. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the quick version is, 
and how I always explain it is my plumbing was not rerouted. So Jason and I had 80% of our stomach physically removed, but they didn't disconnect our stomach. They didn't make anything new. They just took the, took the biggest part of the kidney beam and, and they took it out of us and then they sewed it back up. So Jason and I have a very skinny tube sock as a stomach. Whereas with you, they actually detached your stomach and kind of rerouted your plumbing. They made a very small stomach uh, out of what you already had inside of you. And then they just kind of re rerouted the plumbing. Yeah. So very, right, di different results, different different reasons, you know, for, for the different procedures. So why, why was R and Y the right decision for you? Okay, well, originally I did want the sleeve because it was less invasive and I knew that it was malabsorptive, but it was less than the mm -hmm. bypass. Um, but after having my endoscopy done, um, they found out that I had a hiatal hernia and I was already suffering from GERD to the point where I was on the highest dose of medicine they could give me pre-surgery. Mm. And I heard with the sleeve that it can make that worse. And then most people had to have a revision. And for me, I didn't want to have two surgeries. So I just went ahead and went for bypass. Yes, uh, we see it often that people, people who kind of struggle with acid reflux before surgery, if they opt for the sleeve, it can get much worse. Uh, and I actually, I follow a couple of people where it's just devastating and, and they get to the point where they do either have to have another form of bariatric surgery, they have to move to R&Y or have a revision to, to help them with that. So it is important to know that your pre-existing situations can very much dictate the type of bariatric surgery that you have. It certainly should not stop you from exploring and understanding all of your options, but it is very important to know that, that you are gonna wanna opt for a certain type of surgery or your surgeon might only perform a certain type of surgery for you based on, on, on what you have going on. And well, just that's, from, that's what happened with mine is my, my surgeon got in there and looked at me and said that based on my age and my weight, that I was too high risk for, uh, for the bypass. So sleeve was the only thing, not only that he recommended, but the only thing he would do on me. Yes. Yep. And, and there are, you know, there, there are benefits and there are downsides to, to each, you know, procedure. I think one of the, one of the drawbacks to, to the procedure that Jason and I had is that, you know, our stomach is still in, intact and our capacity to eat increases as, as we, grow in our recovery, right? So as we heal, our stomach is still very elastic and, and we, we can consume more. And that is a dangerous path for people who struggle with, with overeating. Uh, and, and my understanding is with R&Y, you really can't overeat. That pouch doesn't expand. And you really have to be careful because you have a lot of risk of actually like blowing that out. And, and the complications can be dire. Definitely. Um, that's been one thing that I've been afraid of. My surgery center told me to, when I did, like when I had my yogurt and stuff, because I'm still not on full foods yet, that happens Wednesday and I'm so excited. <laughs> but um, I won't even go over three ounces because I'm afraid to eat too much. So I've still haven't, I've yet to feel uncomfortable or have any negative aspects of that because I'm too afraid to drink or eat more than like three ounces. 
I mean, I, I know that that's a scary thing and it's, it's not fun to live in that area forever. But the flip side is you've got some very clear guidelines, right? You know exactly what I need to do. You are listening to your body. You are not overeating because you know the consequences. And I think that that's just another tool that we can use to help us find success after we've actually had our procedure. So how, how far out are you from, from RNY? I'll be five weeks tomorrow. Okay. And how much weight have you lost since surgery? I think like 21.8 pounds, but I haven't weighed in yet. Uh, tomorrow's my weigh-in day. Oh, okay. So very, very exciting. So, so you're what, a weekly, are you a weekly weigher? Yeah. I weigh every Tuesday because that's when I had surgery. Nice. Yep. nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a daily. I, eight months out, I'm still every day, every day, sometimes twice a day. Yep. Like oh, earlier I got, look, earlier I got up and I went to the bathroom and I weighed, then I laid back down, I got up, went to the bathroom again, I weighed again, and it was different. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll take it. Sometimes you got, sometimes you got to restart and I take every bit of it because I was looking for a couple <laughs> ounces and instead it ended up being three pounds different. So, oh my God. I will take it. So what, what, what was your, maybe walk us through your, your pre-op and then right after surgery and then post-op, you know, were, were those stages of your bariatric journey as you thought they would be, or were, were there things that were different? Were there things that were surprising? You know, what, what, what has the process been like for you? Okay. Now pre-op, um, well, originally it was only supposed to be a six month pre-op process for my insurance. Um, but I did have a few setbacks. My fiance had to have emergency knee surgery. So my surgery got pushed back six months. Mm -hmm. By that time, my insurance changed. And by the time I went through my three month process for that insurance company, COVID happened. So I got pushed back. Oh. Um, but during that time, my surgery center had me on a 1600 calorie diet. Um, we were still focusing on high protein, low carb, moderate fat. So it was basically like what our full diet would be after surgery, but just in a little higher quantity before surgery. Um, but I didn't, I found myself when I was eating whole foods, when I started letting go away some of the junk food and the soda that I couldn't even eat the 1600 calories because I was getting too full. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. So that actually helped me before surgery. Um, one thing that surprised me was the lack of mental health aspect of it. Um, like I had to do a sake valve for my surgery center. And the first time I did it, um, she did fail me, I guess you could say, um, because I am, I do have bipolar disorder. Um, but I work with a therapist outside of the weight loss community. So I just had to get my notes from her sent over from like so many months. And then they went through and they worked together. And that's how I was able to get approved. But I thought that they could have offered more insight as far as the weight loss surgery community. Like what to expect from surgery, not just overall mental health. Yes. Jason and I, yeah, it's why we, um, so I, I started seeing a bari bariatric therapist 
basically as soon as I, as soon as I really made the commitment to, to have weight loss surgery, I just knew, I just said, you know what, this is going to be way different than, than what I'm thinking. And everything that I've gotten so far has been clinical. And I know that my issue is not clinical. My issue is, 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 is mental. It's, it's, it's how I think about food and it's my relationship. And I started seeing Wendy, uh, yeah, eight months before surgery. And oh my God, the things that I have learned with her are the, it's the reason that I have been successful after weight loss surgery. And it's so disappointing that it is not on their radar. I mean, I, I get that their, their job is clinical. I get that they're working on our, our physical being, but they know that most of the success happens up here. Now, I can remember watching my 600 pound life years ago and, you know, and you watch these people's story being documented and I get that it's edited and, you know, it's, it's made for TV, but I would just be sitting there going, is nobody else seeing what I'm seeing? Like, clearly the issue is mental. Clearly the issue is, is past trauma. Clearly the issue is the relationship with food. And it was never discussed. And then as the show continued on, I, I noticed now, I mean, I've, I've seen some episodes recently, they have to spend time with a therapist. I mean, even before and after surgery. And it's like, yeah, duh, no shit. Because that's where like a bulk of the work is. And yet it's never discussed with us before surgery. And going through a psyche valve is not therapy. Going through a psyche valve is not mental health work. It's an evaluation, right? You have an interview and they either say yes or no, and then you're done. I mean, it's just crazy to me. It's crazy. Right. I, well, I was shocked at mine, my pre-op, you know, just the psyche valve going in there because it's literally the same questions on the same checklist on the same, like they just kind of go down through the order and make sure that you can't come back and sue them later for being, you know, mm -hmm. being off your, off your rocker, so to speak, before you go to have the surgery. But at the same time, they don't really dive in and ask you questions beyond, or minded, wasn't worried about asking questions to get a little deeper understanding of exactly what was going on or what could have possibly led you to where you were. They just wanted to make sure that you weren't going to freak out on the surgeon, mm -hmm. that you weren't going to freak out on anybody on opera, you know, on, on your surgery day, or you weren't going to come back post-op and freak out. And to me, that just, it was, it was pretty shocking and eye-opening to me especially because, you know, my wife is a mental health professional. So to me, I see that side of it. And I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of us out there that could benefit from having that kind of support mm -hmm. after surgery that would actually a lot of people that, you know, have failed in the weight loss surgery area would have succeeded had they had the proper backup. Yep. Well, we, we all know um, we have a 50% chance of regaining our weight two years after surgery. And we have to hyper-focus on our mental health and our, our relationships with ourselves and, and, and our coping mechanisms. I mean, all, all the mental, you know, all, all, that whole side of it. That's the only reason that, that we can find success is that if we, if we go down that path and it's hard to, it's hard to find those services. I mean, sometimes they're not covered by insurance or nobody even tells you that, that that's what you're going to have to do. And then all of a sudden you find your, you find yourself in a, in a difficult spot, in a dark place. And if you don't have those tools, you're just going to revert back to what you did before after surgery, which is you're going to go back to food. And then before you know it, you're, you're back to your old weight. It's yeah. Uh, you obviously had great success pre-op. I'm, I, I'm curious to know how you, how you fought through 
you know, not eating. And I know, Jason, you and I've talked about this before too. You had a lot of of success in in your pre-op and both of you guys, I think we're just able to make that switch and go, nope, I'm committing to this. This is what I need to do. If I would have been given that strict pre-op diet, I would have failed. And, And my surgeon did not, I, I had to drink liquids like a day or two before surgery. But other than that, I had nothing. And I was thankful for that because I, I would not have been able to do it. So I want to know, yeah. I mean, Ashley, what did you do? How did you, how did you do it? Well, I'm definitely an all or nothing person. So once I make my mind up, I kind of fully commit to it because once I start, I guess (laughs) I can't quit until I'm finished, like completely finished. So it's kind of the push that I needed to keep going as far as having surgery and stuff too. Um, But going back to the pre-op diet, um, I did have the 1600 calorie diet up until 14 days before surgery. And then it was all liquids for 14 days. And that was pretty rough. (laughs) I could imagine. I'm not even gonna lie, I I cheated one time. I probably shouldn't have, but I kind of, I'm kind of glad for it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I would imagine you're, you're not alone. J- Jason also talks about, he is an all or nothing personality. And it was just kind of like, nope, you know, my, my surgeon gave me the guidelines. I was committed to doing it and, and I'm just going to do it. And for some people, me included, that that would have been an, an almost impossible feat. But, you know, you guys obviously, I mean, you've got the mental fortitude to, to just kind of fight through it. If, if, if people are given those instructions and they're like me, what advice would you give them? I mean, if, if I was coming to you and saying, oh, my God, I don't think I can do it. What, what would you tell me? Well, I would definitely tell you that it is possible, especially if I can do it because I'm bipolar. And at the time that I first started my, um, my journey, I was not medicated. So I was really back and forth. So perseverance and setting your mind on something that you truly want and just knowing that the benefits that you will reap are going to be more than what you are experiencing at the time. I I know for me, the biggest thing was, is once the surgeon told me that the liquid diet is specifically to shrink your liver so that I don't accidentally nip it when I'm in there cutting around in your stomach, because if we do, that's bad. That's a a huge complication. And that's not, you know, how that's supposed to be. So as soon as he told me that I was like, got it and done. And it was rough for the first three days. Uh, I had caffeine pills that I was taking for the headaches and stuff, because a lot of people talk about headaches are horrible for that. Um, For me, I just tell people straight, you know, just a a lot like what Ashley said, you know, perseverance and and what you're going to gain from that little bit of liquid diet is going to be so much better on the back end. And I stress to everybody, sugar-free jello and sugar-free popsicles, because it feels like you're chewing something and it'll fill you up. Like as much as you don't think it will, your stomach actually starts to shrink pretty fast on that liquid diet. I was prescribed five protein shakes a day and sugar-free jello and all this other stuff. And I was like, I can't do five protein shakes a day. That's gross. My stomach couldn't handle that. You hear yourself walking around all sloshing. Like (laughs) I got to four and I got to four on day one. Past that, it went down to three. Then it went down to two. And for the most part, it was two a day. And I'd have uh, 
two protein shakes, three cups of Jello throughout the space throughout the day, and uh, popsicles for dinner. You know, and I think as you guys were talking, I was I was also thinking if I had to go back and and do it again, if I had to do you know what you did, it would be able to know. And I can say this only because I'm on the other side of weight loss, but that that is so short term. That is not forever, right? And after weight loss surgery, you're you're not you know, it, it's not a death sentence for food, right? And, and doing a pre-op for a week or two weeks or, or however long that you need to do it, it's so short-term and it's such a small price to pay for the joys that come after your procedure and, and as you're recovering. And I know, Ashley, you know, you're, you're five weeks out. I'm 16 months out. Jason, I think you're, what are you, 12 months out or something like that? I just, I just passed eight months on the 11th. Oh, that's right. Okay, right. But even looking back, you know, from, from my perspective, I think from your perspective and maybe even you, Ashley, too, it's so, the, the, it's, the good so outweighs the struggle, right? It just so, so outweighs it. Well, and it goes so fast. Like post-op, yeah. once you get, like, it feels like getting to, getting to the, to the surgery takes forever. Yeah. But once you have it done, that first month feels like it drags on. But once you get out of that first month, like I passed my eighth month and didn't even know it was my eighth month. I looked down and was like, oh, hey, look. Like, I, yeah. just, it just blows through. You look at it, you, you have to count it up. And I'm like, oh, it's been eight months already. Like, I, that was fast. Yeah, you you and I, Jason, talk about this. All of a sudden, we, you and I both are feeling like life is very normal, right? It almost feels like nothing nothing really happened. Like we didn't go through this this big, huge procedure, which is great on a lot of levels. It's cause for concern on others because if I'm feeling normal, I'm going to revert back to the things that I was doing before surgery, and I don't want to do that. So I have to continue to remind myself life is not normal. Nothing is the same. You have to be a different person. You have to make different decisions. You have to have different conversations, right? It's just it, it, it's a struggle. So there, you know, every stage of pre-op and every stage of post-op has some different things that I think you really need to focus on. And if you don't keep your recovery in the forefront of your brain, if you don't keep your why always there, as you said, Ashley, right? Like if I can just focus on the reason that I'm doing this, it's going to make pre-op easy. I think it's the same after surgery, right? You really have to focus on your why because that, that, that old way of thinking, that old voice, your old person, your old habits are, is constantly trying to push forward to the front and you are always battling it. You're, you're always keeping it back. And the reward for that is getting to live your life in a way and at a weight that is that feels good for you, that, that doesn't restrict you in the ways that, that your weight restricted you before your procedure. Yeah, those, those first three months post-op are really, really important to really kind of ingrain your new habits so that when you get to you know eight months out like me or a year and a half out like april when you do start to feel normal your new healthier habits are what your new normal is going to encompass versus you starting to slide back into the old way of thinking like well maybe i can't you know i've done so good up until month eight maybe i can go ahead and, and come over here and have this or maybe i should reward myself with this because that reward mindset's just going to lead you to more and more slips and and falls and tumbles and whatever you whatever you call it to rationalize what you're starting to do again with the old way of thinking creeping in it's that's why those first few months are so important to ingrain those those new ideas so that you know that's what your new normal encompasses yep 
Ashley, have, have there been things that have happened post-op that, that are really, um, that have really improved for you? Or are there things that are just like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. I mean, have you had any aha moments or have you had any moments of, I don't know, gratitude or? Uh, definitely had a few NSVs. Um, I'm already at like two pant sizes down. Boom. Awesome. Uh, shirt is a large. I was wearing three X to four X shirts when I started, and I can fit a large shirt. Blows my mind. Um, well, obviously, I haven't been able to pick up my daughter yet because I'm still not cleared. But I noticed that I don't get winded as much when I'm still just walking around the house chasing after that way in that aspect. <laughs> yes. Moments of gratitude, though, all the time. Just being able to tie my shoes. What? Who could yeah. do that without losing their breath? <laughs> it's amazing, all the little things. Jason and I were just talking about, you know, like when we take a video of, of ourselves, we don't hear, uh, we don't hear heavy breathing, you know, in the, in the background. And I used to sweat getting out of the shower. And I was just telling my husband the other night, I was like, God, it feels so good not to sweat through clothes all the time. You know, it's just little things that you don't realize were an issue until all of a sudden something in your brain goes, oh, you're not stressed about that or you're not, you know, sweating through your shirts or you're not, you know, breathing heavy. Just little things. It's just insane how quickly they change and, and when we notice them and how we notice them. Well, it's like my son said, like I told you the other day, April, my son, I was in my room and my, I was kind of running around after my granddaughter and I was on one side of the bed, she was on the other, and I've got a pretty high bed. And I just stood like one foot, stood up onto my bed, walked across my bed, and then got down on the other side. And my son looked at me. He was like, well, I guess you really are feeling better and can do stuff you hadn't been able to do because you could barely get out of bed before, and now you're climbing across it like no big deal. And I, and I didn't even think about it when I did it. I was like, I stopped and was like, damn, I guess you're right. Like, I really am it's pretty glorious it's pretty amazing and especially when other people notice it you know it's like oh you know thanks for pointing that out because you know and, and again I feel I feel like I say this all the time but we talk to so many people that are like yeah you know it's just it's so weird when somebody points something out to me and I think well I've always done that and they're like no you have not no you have not and they just didn't want to say it because they love you and they didn't, you know, that wasn't the, the top priority for them, you know, or whatever. They, they saw you, you know, the real you. But, you know, when friends and family make comments like that, it's like, oh, wow, my weight really did impact my life and my relationship with you in ways that I could have never even imagined. And, and same with them, right? It's, it's when, when we go through this process, it's not just a recalibration for us, but it's a recalibration for all of the relationships that, that are valuable and, and, and meaningful in our lives. It just, it's a huge shift and it takes some, you know, mental gymnastics to, yeah, to, to, to find it successful. Well, Ashley, we're so proud of the accomplishments that, that you have made. And we really appreciate you being open and honest about, you know, what you have gone through, you know, in terms of, you know, how you came to your decision, have R and Y, how you persevered through your very lengthy pre-op. Uh, and, and, and how you're, you're making through now. So we, yeah, thank you for that. The other thing that we wanted to talk to you today about was the risks of weight loss surgery. And you um, had some pretty meaningful conversations with Christian before he passed. And that really kind of got the three of us talking about, 
wow, okay, how did we really get to the point where we were willing to risk it all to 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 live? Uh, so that's kind of yeah, kind of what what we want to move into now. So when I was you know preparing for this conversation, I just thought, okay, what are what are the statistics when it comes to bariatric surgery? And there are there's a ton of information out there. Uh, but I found a really interesting uh, medical study from Princeton. And basically it said that we have a 1% or less than a 1% chance of death during a bariatric procedure and up to one year after surgery. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting, right? But then I was thinking about the complications and especially you know, with, with the procedure that you had done, you got your plumbing rewired and you've got a real chance of, of doing some major damage if, if you eat too much. So the fact that this study said that, you know, you have a less than 1% chance during your procedure of passing or up to a year uh, afterwards. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that, that's interesting. Uh, the study went on to really say that you have a five times greater chance of dying, remaining obese. Right. So, so the gist of the study was like, we acknowledge that there is a chance that you will lose your life undergoing bariatric procedure, but you have a five times higher chance of dying remaining the same. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. So while that statistic exists because people lose their life and we unfortunately got a, um, we're, you know, we're, we're living through it now. We, we know somebody who, who lost their, their lives to this. It's more deadly for us to remain the same than, than, than to risk it all. But it's cruel because that's, because it's a true statistic. People, you know, uh, people die. So, you know, we, we, we need to acknowledge the risks that we take in, in attempting to, to live our healthiest lives. And I think it's important that, that we share why we risked it all to, to, to live the way that we did. So I know, Ashley, you said that you, you had some meaningful conversations with Christian. Will you just, you know, tell us about him. Tell us what, what, what made him such a, a phenomenal human being and, and the impact that, that he had on, on your life. Well, uh, I followed Christian ever since that I made my Instagram. And um, I actually, he was in one of the... Um, weight loss surgery pages on Facebook and that's where I originally met him and then I followed when I made my Instagram I started following him um, and like me Christian had two years post-op so we clicked really um, good as far as that because we knew like he was my, my biggest supporter um, when I was having tough times I'm like Christian I just want to give up like this is too hard. It's not worth it. He would be the person that's like, you know what you're working for. You know what you're working towards. Look at your progress. He was the type of person that will always speak you back to reality. Like, come back, center yourself, and keep going. Wow. That is, I've, I've never heard that before. Speak you back to reality. Mm-hmm. Wow. That just gives me chills. And I can see you're, you're emotional. Yes. It, it, yeah. Wow. We, we need that sometimes this, this journey is not easy and making, making the commitment to have surgery is one thing actually ending up, uh, you know, on the day of surgery, lay, laying in that room ab about to go under is, is another thing. 
So he would just, you would just reach out to him and, and he would speak you back to reality. He would, he would give you those encouraging words. Yeah. Every time. And it didn't matter what time of day it was. And he was always about hyping people up. He would share everybody's transformation pictures on his story. He would just send you messages, just checking in on you. He wasn't the type of person like that you would talk to once and he just forgot about you. Like he would always come back and be like, hey, how are you doing? Checking in. And we could go weeks without talking. And then when we did talk, it was like we didn't miss out on anything. Wow. That's a special human being. That's, and, and again, this is just, I mean, so you, you, you never met him physically in person, but you clearly no. had a very meaningful and deep relationship that, that you just fostered because you reached out to each other and you said, Hey, I need, I need help, or I'm looking for support, or I appreciate what you're doing. That, that was how it started. Yep. I've met some of my greatest friends, like you said, on Instagram and, and Facebook, just social media in general, that's yep. where the biggest part of my uh, motivation and my my support comes from. Uh, my family, they're like supportive of me having surgery, but they're not like really, they don't try to get to know about it per se. Like they don't want to, they're just like, yeah, do you, but then that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we all know it's very different learning about it. it. It's one thing to learn about bariatric surgery. It's another thing to live it. And there are just some things that you can't articulate or you can't understand if you're not talking to somebody who has, who has lived it. There is, there is strength in understanding. There is strength in, in com, you know, in, in camaraderie, right? I mean, yeah. And, and if that space doesn't exist for us, we are missing out on a large part of our, of our recovery, of our health, of our mental health. Um, well, April, you and I have both talked about this at, at length about how we were unaware that the Instagram was the little corner of the internet where, you know, a lot of bariatric support was hiding yeah. before had it and we didn't know anything about it so to have somebody as special uh as as christian sounds like he was and, and instrumental in you making it to your surgery date uh, and i've heard that from a lot of people a lot of people have put a lot of great testimonies up there about him being so encouraging and always being somebody to reach out to and that's mm -hmm. that's just an amazing person that that and and frankly something that we're going to miss in the bariatric community and i think you know one of the things that we can do to help carry on his, you know, his memory and his legacy is to be that for somebody else. The, the more we can come together and create those same safe spaces and that same, you know, comfort and that same, you know, push for others that are in pre-op, that's, that's just going to do nothing but help the community. And that I know was, you know, another one of the reasons April and I, you know, decided to start doing what we've been doing is just simply because we did not find, we didn't find the support pre-op. We didn't have a lot of people that know. And going through and learning about a procedure because you're going to have it is different than just learning about a procedure because somebody you know is going to have it. Like you'll breeze through the information and kind of be like, oh, okay, well, that's some stuff to expect. And that's kind of what could happen. And this is what they're going to kind of have done. But if you're going to go up against it and you're the one under the knife, 
you're going to research it a, a heck of a lot more in depth. So, you know, that's where our community really shines and comes together is the fact that, you know, we know, like either the ones that have been through it know to tell the people that are going to go through it, or, you know, you get somebody lucky in your situation where you both have such a long lead up and you guys have both researched everything and you're going on the path together. And those are the different types of relationships that we can forge. And, and we've, you know, we have been lucky enough to forge here on Instagram and, and in other places, you know, social media as a whole that I'm really happy that that is available. Yeah. And it just, you know, it, it really, it really breaks my heart when, when we learn that people have passed because we're, we're all on, on the other side. And like I said, we, we know how glorious life can be when we, you know, when, when we tackle this issue. Um, but, you know, when I really thought about it, I don't think I ever, I mean, I knew that death was a possibility, but I think I was just so committed. I just knew, I mean, it was like my, if I continued to live the life that I was living before surgery for the rest of my life, I was, I was killing myself slowly in, in more ways than one, right? I was, I was denying myself the happiness that, that I, I knew was out there. I was denying myself the fulfillment and contentment. I was denying myself the, the privilege of looking in a mirror and actually seeing myself reflected in it. And I think that that, that drive was so powerful that I just put the possibility of death out of my mind. And I think I just thought, you know what, it just, if I die, I die. I, I can't keep living like this. It's, it's not living. I'm not living. I mean, I am living, but I'm not. And, and I don't know if I really thought long and hard about the ultimate, you know, consequence, which, which was death. I mean, Ashton, did, did you think about it? Or Jason, did you think about it? I definitely did. I was scared up until they wheeled me into the OR. <laughs> yeah. I was having major anxiety and um, I had surgery during COVID, so I wasn't allowed to have anyone in with me for pre-op. Oh. oh. And my fiance had to sit in the car. So that three hours of waiting, I was there. They wouldn't let me have my cell phone. I couldn't have no connection to the outside world. So. Oh my God. What was going through your brain? I can't imagine oh. what that was. I was like, I'm just going to tell them I'm going to, I'm going to go home, <laughs> just unplug me and I can leave and then they can, um, they can have a break for about an hour, two hours, whatever it would have took them to do my surgery. But ultimately, like you said, I knew that either I was going to die from being obese and the comorbidities that came wrong with it, or I was going to die during surgery. So I just, you know prayed about it and let the cards fall where they fall and luckily I got you know I came out on the other side the way I was supposed to yeah well and I would imagine too I mean you and Jason like I said I'm not a parent I don't have children you and Jason have this other driving uh force behind you 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 have a family that that you love and that you want to take care of and you have to be weighing what that looks like obese or healthy and, and that has to be a huge fact. I mean, I, I don't know, Jason, you talk about, you know, all the time that that campus visit that you took with your son and, and the heartbreak that you experienced knowing that you couldn't do things with your children that you wanted to do. 
that that has to outweigh i mean i i mean i'm just dabbing in the dark here but i mean you have to be going i mean clearly i want to be there for them at any weight and i can be there for them and i'm a quality human uh even if i weighed a thousand pounds right your your presence is necessary and needed in the lives of your children but you can imagine how much more impactful your presence could be if you were living life at a healthy weight and yeah, and for me, I know that that definitely factored into it because I knew what quality of life I had and provided for them at my highest weight and going to the cardiologist routinely and having to go because I was battling like my normal walking around blood pressure was 179 over 135. That's like, you should be dead. <laughs> Strolling. Like I would walk into the doctor's office and they'd be like, well, oh, today we're 185 over 140. And I'm like, sounds about right. You were walking I didn't miss feet. I didn't feel bad. I didn't, that was just normal for me. The mm -hmm. highest blood pressure I had was 217 over 173. I went to the ER and they were like, uh, you need to lay down before you fall down. And I was like, why? I feel fine. And she was like, yeah, but you're not fine. You should be having a stroke right now. And I'm like, oh, well, no, I'm good. And she's like, well, how'd you get here? I was like, I drove. She's like, what do you mean you drove? And I'm like, I just drove my car here. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't think that was a problem. And they're over here ready to go code red on me. And, you know, those types of things. I just got tired of those kinds of things. And, you know, getting to the point that I honestly, up until I didn't have any, I was excited for the surgery up until the exact morning that I was in there. I had already been wiped down with a little pad. They'd already put me on my little gown. I got my cute little hat and I'm laying there in bed. And I looked up at my wife and I was like, yeah, let's go. She goes, what do you mean go? And I was like, we're going to go home. And she's like, no, we're not. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. We're not doing this today. Let's go get some breakfast. We're out. Like I'm done. And right about that time, my surgeon rips the curtain open. And he's like, how are we doing this morning? And I was like, um, not good. I'm freaking <laughs> out. I was like, um, we're, uh, yeah, we're level five panic mode over here. And I think I'm yeah. going to go home. And he was like, no, nah, we're not going home. And he shut the curtain and he was like, listen, you know, and, and for those of you that don't know who are listening or watching, I'm, I'm, I'm not a small person. I'm six, four, uh, you know, 430 pounds at the time of the surgery, 420 pounds at the time of the surgery. But yeah, you know, my doctor was not a large man and he's just, he shut the curtain. He was like, lay down, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, okay. He's like, you know, we're all here for you. You're the only person we're, we're talking to today. You're, you're it right now. You know, everybody here is here for you to make sure that everything goes as it's supposed to go. You know, I've got this, you know, let me do what I do. Uh, you're going to be fine. And I was like, okay, you're probably right. So I laid back down and just let it go. Like I was I, at that point, I felt a lot more comfortable and I just kind of felt a calm wash over me. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. I, I think we, we all, we, we all have a similar experience, right? When, when, when we're really faced with what we're doing and we really have to kind of have a, a, I mean, I don't know how else to say this, but a come to Jesus moment, right? We, we really have to get right with our decision and we have to fully commit. I always tell people, you know, I was 99% committed to weight loss surgery. I mean, I, I, I was, I was having weight loss surgery, but I was only 99% sure that it would work. There was always this thing in the back of my mind going, you know, you have tried everything. You have done everything with fidelity and nothing has worked. Is this really going to work? And that little 1% was what 
led to the panic the you know the morning of it's what leads everybody to go okay wait i you know I, I this is too much right this is too extreme i can do it on my own even though we've said that to ourselves for years decades we still say it to we still say it to ourselves um but you know we we just get that far and and we just know we know in our heart of hearts i, I have to do this I, I have to do this because the 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 consequence of me not doing this is death. And the consequence of me doing this could be death, right? I mean, you reach that point where you're just like, I'm done. I, I, I have to give this up. I, I have to give up the ghost. I have to just acknowledge that I cannot do this on my own. I need this tool. Uh, and thank God that there are surgeons and doctors and nurses and people around the world that realize what we have, you know, that we've realized too. And, and there are, they, they wanna help us because they know what we know now, that life is glorious uh, after bariatric surgery. It does not come without risk. Um, Asha, did you get any pushback from people about your decision to, to have weight loss surgery? Did anybody tell you, no, it's not a good idea? Nope. No, I never had any pushback. Um, I started my Instagram and I had my Instagram a year before I posted it on Facebook. Wow. Yeah, so I had all, my whole community and all my motivation. I like yeah. had my whole journey already started, and then I announced it on Facebook. And I'll tell everybody. I talk to people at the gas station, and I'm like, "Yeah, I just had weight loss surgery. Like, I can talk to anybody about." It. Yep. I, J Jason, and I think are the same way. Every opportunity that we that you know that makes sense, we we tell people, "No, I had bariatric surgery." because we want to normalize it. This is a medical procedure. It's a tool. It's a medical tool that we should all use to, to live our life in a healthy way. If, if this is, if this is what you know to be true, th th this is how we did it. And there's no shame in it. There, there's, we're, we're proud of the decision we've made. We're proud of the work that we do. We want people to know that this is, this is, this is something that you can access. And, and if you want to live your life at a healthy weight and you have tried and it, and it hasn't worked out for you yet. Yeah. Here, here's a tool. Um, do you regret your decision? Uh, no, no, not yeah. at all. I, I think had to I... Wait a second because I'm like, well, I'm still kind of early out for you to ask that, but <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't change it. I would have the surgery a million times over. And I think it's so important that you said that because people asked me when I was very fresh out of surgery too, do you regret it? And you're like, I'm three weeks out. I can't lift up a basket of laundry and I cry every time I think about Starbucks. So that's a loaded question to ask me right now. <laughs> right. But I think, but you know, all along the, the point in our journey, it's important to ask ourselves that, that question, right? Because it keeps us grounded in our decision. And I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate your pause because it's important for people to know that you can, you can waver as you go, but if we continue to ask ourselves, okay, do, do I regret this? You know, it, it, was this the right decision for me? And if you keep coming back to, yes, it was. And even at a, even a 1%, yeah, it was. Then, yeah, then you, you are on the right path. So Ashley, to, to all of our listeners or people who are watching, who are maybe thinking about having bariatric surgery, uh, what would you like to tell them about your experience? Just because you have setbacks doesn't mean that you're not going to be propelled forward to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. 
um, you just got to keep persevering and pushing through and just know that your why is at the forefront and that you can get through anything. And I, like me and many others, you can always reach out to the community, ask your questions, ask for advice, just literally telling someone you're struggling and I'm sure you'll find someone that's going to be there to support you and motivate you. That is Definitely. sage advice. Definitely. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, well, if, if you are listening and you're watching and you are moved to help Christian's family during this very difficult time, we uh, have the link to his GoFundMe page in our bios. Uh, his family is endeavoring to, to raise money to help cover his final costs and to help them adjust to life after, uh, after his passing. Uh, so if you would like to contribute, the, there is a link there. Uh, the East to West crew, we, we contributed the other day. And I just wanna let people know, I recently hosted a GoFundMe for a, a family friend that, that passed in my life. And I was a little bit nervous about it because you know we, we, we've all heard things about online fundraising and things like this. I cannot tell you how impactful and easy and transparent the process was. Uh, the, the, the funds go directly to the people who are needing them your contribution. It's, it's the, I think it's the best way to make the biggest impact on somebody's life. Uh, and, and even if, I mean, I just think if everyone who followed us on Instagram gave a dollar, that would be 26 or $2,700, you know, for that family. Uh, so just know that anything that you can give, if you are moved, makes a, a difference and an, and an impact in people's lives. And we, we mourn his passing. We, we, we mourn the presence that he is going to have in the bariatric community. Uh, I think it is just solidified, you know, everything that, that we're doing in this community, you know, with this podcast, with East to West, everything that we're all doing independently, the conversations we're having, they are meaningful. I mean, look at the impact that Christian had in your life, Ashley, and you're doing the exact same thing. You're, you're paying it forward. We're we're learning from the people who inspired us and we are passing on that inspiration. We're passing on that, that love, right? Because if, if what we, what we put out, we only get back and we are so inspired by Christian and what he put out that, that we're doing, we're doing the same thing too. So that's, that's important, man. I think, uh, I think we did it friends. I think so. That was, uh, that was a really meaningful conversation. Uh, Ashley, we cannot thank you enough for joining us today. We appreciate your humor, your, your hum humility, your honesty. We love what you are doing in this community. We love how open uh, and, and just expressive you are. We, you, you're the best part of the community. And, and we say this to everybody, but anybody who is brave enough to, to share their story with the world is the best part of this bariatric community. And it, it, it exists because we, we all wanna help and, and we're all seek, seeking some help. So uh, yeah, just thank you so much for, for, for joining us today and, and sharing your story. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Where can people follow you? Um, you can follow me at Becoming Ashley on Instagram and TikTok. I know. Oh, TikTok! <laughs> uh, before surgery, it's literally just me doing exercise videos. Hey, that the world needs all the inspiration it can get. So that's totally fine. <laughs> I, I, I try to do the other fun little videos that didn't work out, but um, 
Definitely. Um, when I'm cleared for uh, for exercise, those videos will be on there again. I love it. I love it. Well, we will, of course, uh, follow you everywhere. We already follow you everywhere now, but we, uh, <laughs> we're we just so thankful that you, that you have invited us uh, along on your journey, and we are looking forward to supporting you for all the years ahead. So to all of our listeners and to all of our watchers, again, we also thank you for, for being a part of of this journey, of, of joining us and for allowing us to join you as well. We know that uh, bariatric surgery is not easy. We know that weight loss surgery was not the easy way out. We know that by choosing bariatric surgery, we are committing to, to the most difficult path. And we are just so thankful that, that we are all on this journey together. Uh, if you enjoy what you are seeing, listening, learning on uh, the East to West uh, universe, please uh, share it with, with people in, in your own world. We exist to, to provide meaningful and valuable support for the bariatric community. Uh, and we wanna make sure that we are delivering that. So you can like, subscribe, rate, share all of this information. Uh, our podcast is available on all of the major podcast platforms. We have a great YouTube channel. Our website is awesome. I'm very proud of that. That was kind of my, my baby. And now that it's launched, I'm, I'm just so excited that it is another way for us to learn. I mean, we, I'm an educator and I know that everybody learns differently. Some people want to listen. Some people want to watch. Some people want to read some people want to do and we are striving to provide support in all of those different kind of modalities so if you like to learn a certain way and you're not finding that support you can just uh yeah you can message us directly and we will we will hook you up with that so please do like subscribe share download listen read learn let us know what you think if you ever have a topic or something that you want to see explored more in depth contact us directly. Jason and I are real humans. We are not robots. We love, <laughs> we love interacting and, and having these conversations with people. So please let us know if there's anything that, that you are looking for. And if you would like to join us on the podcast to share your story with the community, we would love to invite you on. The, the most growth that Jason and I experience is when we have these conversations just like what, what we're having with Ashley. So, uh, so, so please know that the, the more that we grow, the more that we can support this community and, 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 and offer, offer the help. I think that's it. I think we did it. I do. I do believe uh, that is the case. And Ashley, yes, we want to thank you so much for being here and helping out with the community as, as we enjoy doing the same. I know everybody gets a little something out of it. So that makes it just that much better on all of us. And uh, with that being said, just remember, everybody, that uh, you've got this and we've got you. And uh, we thank you for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye.